Okay. All right. Um, <clears throat> so you go through here, okay, and then Teresa Carter is available. Okay, take a look at the bulletin and additional announcements, and then you say, Noel, would you like to come forward? Okay, and then when he comes forward, he'll do his he'll do his deal. Usually, what I do is you can sit down right here if you want, you know, or you can sit down in front. But one thing to do, well, you probably know this now when you sit here, it's really hard to do it. Okay, um, <clears throat> but um, that's you know completely up to you. And then you just come back and then just finish the and then just finish the last one. Okay. Yeah, when I did it before, I just sat there, and when he left, I just That's perfect. That's perfect. Okay. Now, you also wouldn't know this, but um, if you can, just raise your voice a little more. It was it was a little quiet the first time. We, and it, you did fine because there was a smaller number of people. Okay. Here we have more people, so you'll want to raise your voice a little more. Um, but you were perfect. You were perfect. Now, do you want me to um, do the same deal, get a young child yes, in yes. here? You got it, Chief. Happy to help. Any other questions? I just got to remember, Teresa Carter. Teresa Carter. Want me to write it down? Sure. Okay. There you go. All right. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. Let me go pick on a, find a young victim I can find.
Good morning. Welcome to First Presbyterian Church of Pittsford. We are delighted to have you here for worship. Old friends and new, please pick up the friendship pad and pass it to everyone in your pew. Please sign your name so we are aware of your presence so we can all greet one another by name at the conclusion of worship. If you wish to talk to a Stephen minister confidentially, the Stephen minister on duty today is Teresa Carter and is available in the narthex wearing a special name tag. Take a look at the bulletin for details of upcoming events and additional announcements. And uh, I'm a little optimistic about this, but I think we have an announcement for optimists. Hello again. It's uh, first week, or second week of the month. The optimists meet on Friday. Uh, we have tickets in the fellowship hall to help us plan for your presence. We're meeting at noon, bringing lunch. And I could go on and on trying to pitch and convince you why you should come. It is, after all, Valentine's coming up. But there's somebody else who's much better to talk on this subject. But I was not anticipating all the young people. So you're going to hear words on a subject that hasn't been discussed in 50 years. Matt and Susie Wall are going to share with us their wisdom on gems and diamonds. And if you would like diamonds in your future, you might want to come and get educated. Thank you. All right. Please join us for refreshments and fellowship hall at the end of worship. We will begin the service with our prelude. Thank you. 
post the colors. All the paths of the Lord are steadfast love and faithfulness for those who keep his covenant and his testimonies. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people whom has chosen as his inheritance. My sons, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. For length of days and years of life are abundant. Welfare will give, they will give you. And he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with this, with your, all your soul, and with all your mind. And this is the great and first commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Let your light shine before men, that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Remember also the golden text. And as you wish that men would do to you, do so to them. Do you know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him. For God's temple is holy and that temple you are. Wisdom is the principal thing. Do not forget and do not turn away from the words of my mouth. Get wisdom. Get insight. How can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to thy word. Let the wicked forsake his ways, and the unrighteous ones their thoughts. Let them return to the Lord, that God may have mercy on them. And to our God, for God will abundantly pardon. Let us all worship God. Please join me in the call to worship. The Lord is great in Zion. He is all Let them praise your great and awesome name. Holy is Mighty King, lover of justice, you have established equity. Exalt the Lord our God. Worship at his feet. Holy is Let us worship God. Please pray with me. God, giver of life, you spoke with Moses on the mountaintop, and Moses was never the same. 
Moses reflected your light, revealing your power to the Israelites. Help us also to reflect your light to a dark world, like Moses once did. Amen. O oh Lord, allow us to come into your house and embrace your love. We come with our hearts heavy, tending to lose ourselves throughout our lives. Help us to confess our sins. Forgive us, Lord. Thank you for your promise to always forgive and be here for us. Amen. Please join me in the prayer of confession. Holy God, we confess that we do not trust you fully. We put our hope in forget it.
We are God's beloved. With us, God is well pleased. We are renewed and restored. We are forgiven and loved. We are a new creation in Christ. Everything old has passed away. See, everything is becoming new. Go and share the good news of God's love. Amen. May the peace of Christ be with you always. The youth invite you to join us in welcoming one another. Please greet your neighbors by saying, The peace of the Lord be with you. Our reading today is from Exodus chapter 34, verses 29 through 35, and we're going to be doing it a little differently today. I'll be reading a verse in Latin, and then Jack will translate it into English, and we'll switch back and forth. Cumque descendrat Moses de Monte Sinai, tenebat duas tabulas testimoniae, et ignorabat quod cornuta eset facias, sua ex consortio sormonis dei. Moses came down from Mount Sinai. As he came down from the mountain with the two tablets of the covenant in his hand, Moses did not know that the skin of his face shone because he had been talking with God. Videntes autem, eron et filiae Israel, cornutam mosifakiam, tumuerum prope cedre. When Aaron and all the Israelites saw Moses, the skin of his face was shining, and they were afraid to come near him. Vocatique ab eo reversi suntam eron, quam principes synagogae et posquam locutus est. But Moses called to them, and Aaron and all the leaders of the congregation returned to him, and Moses spoke with them. Venerunt ad eum etiam omnes, filiae Israel quibus, praecepit cuncta, quae audierat ad domino in Monte Sinai. After all the Israelites came near, and he gave them in commandment all that the Lord had spoken with him on Mount Sinai. Impletisque sormonibus, posuit vel amen, superfaciam suam. When Moses had finished speaking with them, he put a veil on his face. Quod ingressius ad dominum et locens cum, au efferebat donec execret, et tunc locebator, Ad filios Israel, omnia quae sibi fuerant imperata. 
But whenever Moses went in before the Lord to speak with him, he would take the veil off until he came out. And when he came out he, and told the Israelites what he had been commanded. Qui videbant faciam ingredientis, mosi esse cornutam, sed opirebat russus ille faciam suam si, quando lecebator ed eos. The Israelites would see the face of Moses, that the skin of his face was shining, and Moses would put the veil on his face again until he went in to speak with him. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Can you hear me? Okay. Can I please have the rest of the children come up for the mass report? We don't bite. Can you just sit down here in the front? We have a skit for you guys today. These are all of our actors. And then you guys are the audience. So anytime I read the audience went crazy, I want you guys to like make lots of noise and do it. Clap, do something. Thank you. Okay. Jesus and his disciples traveled through the village of Bethesda. They played marching games to make the trip go more quickly. Jesus had everyone walk in place to get them in step. Then he had them do an about face. Then he had them do a left face. Then he had them do a right flank. <laughs> then he said, forward, march, left, 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 right, left. Once he had them marching together, Jesus shouted in cadence for them, I don't know what people say. 
And the disciples repeated, I don't know what people say. And Jesus said, I was born on Christmas Day. And the disciples said, he was born on Christmas Day. But as they neared the center of the town, they encountered four people traveling together arm in arm. One of them said, I'm a scarecrow and I need a brain. The second said, I'm a tin man and tin hasn't been invented yet. The, the, the third said, I'm a Lion King and I need a movie deal with Disney. The fourth, the fourth man was blind and he simply kept, kept clicking his heels and saying, there's no place like Bethesda. There's no place like Bethesda. Immediately, the scarecrow, the tin man, and the Lion King all fell at Jesus' feet, begging him to heal their blind friend. They began to chant together, lean to the left, lean to the right, stand up, sit down, give him sight. They chanted this for almost a full 30 seconds, at which point Jesus said, silence. The audience clapped wildly because the noisy had become quiet. Just to lighten the scene and put the blind man to ease, Jesus held up three fingers to the blind man and said, How many fingers do you see? The disciples and the blind man's traveling companions roared with laughter. The blind man said, All I know is we're not in Bethesda anymore, and he knelt before Jesus. Well, the blind man's three traveling companions hummed the infamous Somewhere Over the Rainbow quietly in the background. Jesus leaned down into the blind man's face. He clapped his hands twice, looked in the direction of heaven, clapped twice again, and then touched the blind man's face. And just like that, it was a miracle. Jesus had healed the the man's bad breath. But the blind man still couldn't see. So while the traveling companions and the disciples still hummed somewhere over the rainbow, Jesus held out his hands for complete silence. All eyes focused on him as he worked up a mouthful of saliva. The townspeople thought he was going to get ready to whistle a hymn or something. But instead, Jesus spit in one of his hands. The crowd went wild with approval. (laughs) Jesus held up his clean hand to silence the crowd. And with the other, he touched the blind man's eyes. The crowd groaned and yelled, Gross! But Jesus... But Jesus quieted the crowd and quickly, quickly asked the man, Can you see now? The man looked towards Jesus and said, If I say no, will you put spit in my eyes again? <laughs> Jesus spit on his hand again and touched the blind man's eyes. And this time, just to make sure his hearing was okay, Jesus also spit on his finger and put it in the man's ear. He also coughed on the man's kneecap and burped on the man's wrist. <laughs> the man opened his eyes. He started yelling, I can see, I can see, I can see. They all came together for a group hug and high fives and gave thanks to the Lord for his mighty work. The end. So this is more for the kids. Have, has anyone here, just raise your hand, ever had to do something really, really hard and it seemed like you couldn't do it? Raise your hand. I know I've done some pretty hard stuff. Yeah? Has it ever seemed like God just gave you a miracle? I mean, this man was blind. Doesn't that seem like a miracle? Yeah, does it? Does anyone ever feel like God gave them a miracle? Anyone? Do you? What was your... Oh, when you got a dog? Yeah, that's pretty awesome. I don't have a dog. I wish I had a dog. 
But so yeah, I mean, and even the little things. Like, does everyone ever feel like very thankful when they're fr- you get to be with your friends, or when you get to come to church and have fun? Yeah, that's, that sounds pretty fun, right? Uh, let's pray about this. Everyone, join hands. Hold hands. Okay. Dear God, thank you for your miracles and everything you do for us. And help us to learn and know when you are guiding us. And remind us to be thankful at all times for every little thing. Amen. I believe... This is a psalm for the scouts here today. The Lord God is our great scoutmaster who provides all our needs. God lets us camp in forests tall and meadows green. God leads us on trails besides waters deep and still, brooks babbling, streams rushing, and rivers raging. God restores our bodies, minds, and souls, even as we observe the eagles soaring to greater heights above. God encourages scouts in their climbing. God teaches us to live the scout oath and law. Even though the trails may lead through the dark valleys with towering mountains, we are courageous because God leads us. God continually blesses us with food for mind and body. Even when our enemies dislike or distrust us, God blesses us with the gifts of love and forgiveness.
Surely, divine goodness and mercy will sustain us all the days of our lives. And when we climb, to the, when we climb the final trail through the awesome pass that leads to the great council fire, we shall join those who traveled the trail before us and live joyfully with God forever. Hello, everybody. I'm Matthew Levengood from Troop 171, and I've just given a minute here to talk about uh, our wonderful troop that meets here at this church. I myself am a life scout. I've been in scouting since I was first grade, a tiger cub, and right now I'm a junior at Sutherland. So right now in our troop, about 30 scouts are registered. We're a relatively medium-sized troop as, as far as it goes here in Pittsburgh. And we have scouts anywhere from Pittsburgh Sutherland, Menden, McQuaid Harley, and Allendale Columbia. So all over the county. Over the last uh, six months, three of our scouts have attained the rank of Eagle. And in the past few years, we've sent one of our Eagle scouts to Harvard University. He's a sophomore there right now. And another one to the United States Coast Guard Academy. So this year, a couple few highlights of our troop program. We had scouts go to the Adirondacks for the council uh, camporee or something of the sort to climb five peaks in the Adirondacks, which was, I, so I heard, a very good experience. Coming up, we have a skiing weekend at Swain, and we're having a, one of our spring trips to New York City. In the past, we've gone to places like Boston, uh, West Point, Gettysburg. We also send scouts to summer camps. We've sent scouts to jamborees in the past. Nearly every year we go to Massawipi. We send scouts to national youth leadership training. I myself am a graduate from 2014. And uh, Eagle Flight Week as well. And this year we are also sending two scouts to the Florida Sea Base. I myself enjoy scouting because... It provides a lot of the necessary opportunities that, you know, you hear this a lot, that school doesn't really provide. Um, the leadership I've experienced being the senior patrol leader and working on my Eagle is absolutely magnificent. It's taught me a whole lot about what actual leadership is as opposed to leadership that teaches you to value yourself above others. This kind of leadership is something that you put yourself, you know, behind others. You're serving others rather than serving yourself. I'd just like to thank this church for everything it's done for us. We meet here every month, and without this church, I don't believe we could be an effective troop as we are. So thank you, First Presbyterian. Good morning. My name is Mitch McNiff, and I'm a member of Boy Scout Troop 341. I know that I speak for everyone in my troop saying thank you to the First Presbyterian Church for all the courtesy and graciousness you give us for using your facilities, whether it be for meetings or storage or anything we need. It would be hard to accomplish as many things as our troop does without your support, so I thank you for that. Troop 341 is a boy-led troop, so as boys we do all the leading and planning necessary for meetings and trips ourselves. Uh, and have our scoutmasters help us when help is needed. We go on roughly one, mounting a mo- one outing a month, and in addition to that, we spend a week at Camp Massawipi once a year and go on one 
or two bigger outings as well. Last summer, we sent a crew to Philmont Scout Reservation in New Mexico, as well as the Alps in Switzerland. We meet here at the First Presbyterian Church every Monday night to meet and work on badges, plan trips, and other scouting activities. Our troop is also celebrating our 200th Eagle Scout soon. Uh, the Scout Law says that a scout is reverent, and in Troop 341, we try to live this out every chance we get. We find time to reflect and thank God at the end of every outing we go on and every night if we can. We make sure to start and end every meeting with a prayer, and of course we're lucky enough to pray with the congregation here once a year. Uh, as a true, we strive to live out this most significant component of the Scout Law in every way that we can. Before I finish, uh, I would like to remember Martin Souter, who recently just passed away. Not only was Mr. Souter a member of this congregation as well as a wonderful benefactor to Troop 341, he also was an Eagle Scout and served our country in World War II, so please keep in mind today. Again, I know I speak for the troop in thanking all of you for welcoming us here today and letting us use your facilities to compensate our needs as a troop. I hope you all have a wonderful rest of your day. Good morning. Um, our gospel today comes from Luke. Now, about eight days after these sayings, Jesus took with him Peter and John and James and went up on the mountain to pray. And while he was praying, the appearance of his face changed, and his clothes became dazzling white. Suddenly, they saw two men, Moses and Elijah, talking to him. They appeared in glory and were speaking of his departure, which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. Now Peter and his companions were weighed down with sleep, but since they had stayed awake, they saw his glory and the two men who stood with him. Just as they were leaving, Peter said to Jesus, Master, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three dwellings, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah, not knowing what he said. While he was saying this, a cloud came and overshadowed them, and they were terrified as they entered the cloud. Then from the cloud came a voice that said, This is my son, my chosen. Listen to him. When the voice had spoken, Jesus was found alone. And they kept silent, and in those days told no one of any, any of the things that they had seen. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Good morning. I'm Henry. You may remember me from a very particular hairstyle that I sported for a few years that had more than a few of you shaking your heads. For those of you that are newer to the church, I'm sorry that you weren't here to witness a mohawk spike 13 inches high. And for those of you that were here, would have killed you to tell my parents that a haircut was in order? But I digress. I'm a senior at Sutherland High School. I will be attending Binghamton University in the fall and will follow the pre-med track as a double major in biology and chemistry. People ask me if I'm crazy. My senior year schedule is packed with three science classes, and the career path I've chosen is a long one with many mountains to climb. It's a good question. There certainly are shorter and easier paths. This decision was not one I made lightly, but it was an easy one to make. Three years ago, I was headed in a van down to York, Pennsylvania for my second mission trip. My heart was in the right place, but looking back, I was just checking off a box. I was being a good citizen. 
I was giving God and the world the gift of my time by taking a week off my summer vacation to help others. As it turned out, God had a much bigger gift for me, and he delivered it to me by way of a little girl bound to a wheelchair. A couple days later, we were given our tasks and sent out on our assignments. I was hoping for painting or construction or maybe teaching some kids to play basketball. I'd be lying if I said I wasn't nervous when I was led to a room full of young children with disabilities. What could I do in there? I was a teenage boy with little to no experience with young kids, much less those with severe disabilities. To be honest, I was just plain scared of them. A few minutes later, I was introduced to Chloe. I had nothing in common with Chloe. Nothing. Her hands were curled and her body tiny and frail. By her expression, I didn't know if she could see me or if she was even aware that I was there at all. I spent my time playing video games and football. What would we possibly do together? They told me to read her a story. Easy enough. But to my surprise, Chloe liked it. And an even bigger surprise was that I actually understood what she was feeling. So I read another story. And another. Somewhere in a pile of children's books, my nerves disappeared and I realized I was enjoying myself. I was actually having fun. For the next two days, Chloe and I were pretty busy. When our assignment there ended, I was surprised, even shocked, that I was sad to leave. I didn't expect to feel sentimental about a job they didn't even want to begin with. Driving back to Rochester, that question was rattling around my brain. How could a little girl with cerebral palsy have such an effect on me? I remembered my dad always saying, I don't care what you decide to do with your life, but whatever it is, make sure you're helping people. For the first time, it made sense to me why he enjoyed his job so much as a special needs teacher. There I was, heading back to Pittsburgh, still remembering a happy little girl with a great sense of humor, and I felt blessed for having the opportunity to get to know her. While teaching didn't appeal to me, my love of science and math, along with my dad's words, suddenly felt like I was reading a giant billboard, medicine, using the skills that God gave me to help people. Sometimes I wonder if it will be pediatrics or surgery, specialist or general practitioner. I know that the path may be uphill, it may be rocking and challenging, but it is clear. So, maybe it seems crazy to take on such a challenge, but God sometimes whispers in our ears, sometimes gives us little signs along our paths, but sometimes he sends in a big gun, a Chloe, to really get our attention, and I'm so glad that he did. Zimmer, and I'm a senior at Pittsburgh Men in High School. Many of you have known me for years and have watched me grow up right before your eyes. I was just actually watching the mouse report right there. I was thinking about how I used to like, get so excited. It's just, it's, it was so exciting. <laughs> but yeah, I remember when I used to run up the aisles for the mouse report and go to Logos on Wednesdays. I practically grew up in this church under the love and care of such wonderful people, so I just wanted to start out by saying thank you to all of you. During my life, I have faced many challenges, uh, and I have questioned my faith many times. Uh, but I know now that I'm, and I know now that I always will. But I'm, uh, I think I'm pretty sure of it as of right now in my life. Um, but most of my daily challenges just 
had to do with presenting in class or having friend issues or any form of math and science. It's just it's not going to happen. Um, ironically enough, though, my biggest challenge in life is probably the one that, or is arguably the one that I almost wasn't here for, t- or was almost the one that I didn't get to be here for today. Um, when I was asked to speak today, I wasn't even sure if I was going to be here. I'm actually leaving for the, uh, the airport to go to Chicago at like 1 o'clock. Um, for those of you who don't know me, I am not only currently applying for college, but I am also auditioning for musical theater programs as well. When I tell people this, I usually get two reactions. A, people either think that I'm crazy and are trying their best not to show that they think that I'm crazy. Or B, people cannot believe anyone would ever be so brave. Well, I like to think I'm not crazy or brave, but the college audition process does take its toll. Since I began this process, I have applied to 21 schools and have auditioned for 9 out of 16 of the ones that have allowed me to audition. The other five denied me, or the other five that aren't part of that 16 have denied me based on a small little video I sent to them called a pre-screen, and I only sent seven pre-screens, so that was a lot of rejection right away, because the fives came a lot quicker, or the five no's came a lot quicker than the two yeses. I wasn't especially upset about it, except it's more personal than just an application. For this, they're not only rejecting you on paper, but you as a person. They're rejecting how you look and your talent, just because you might not fit the mold or just that they don't need you right now in their program. Not only that, but it's just based on such a short video where you barely get to show them who you are. My first real audition was at Elon University in North Carolina, and it went so well. Like, it was great. It was extremely great, and I loved the school and the people, and it just seemed like the perfect fit. But I received my rejection letter a few weeks later. This was the one that stung the most. Looking back at it now, I see how naive I was to think that just because it went well, I was in the school. The amount of kids who applied to go into school for musical theater has tripled since the early 2000s, and kids just keep getting better and better. There are only like 40 amazing programs in the country, maybe less, which at, that rate, which at the rate that the field is growing is not enough. Some of these programs I'm applying to accept no more than 10 kids per class, and the most they accept is around 30. It's arguably the most competitive program to get into, so just having a great audition isn't enough to, to just get into the school. Although doing this has been a great challenge for me, I, I have learned a lot about myself through this experience and have expanded my faith in God throughout it. Uh, I know now that it, it has helped me grow just as this church has and has shown me that I am strong enough to do things many people would never dare to do. If we don't challenge ourselves, how are we, willing, how are we supposed to learn? It has taught me that if I have faith, things will work out. I haven't gotten in anywhere yet, but I know I will somewhere, and I have no doubt that I can do anything I set my mind to. I have faith in myself and grow stronger as this process continues. I have five auditions this week, starting tomorrow, and I am extremely excited for every single one. I know wherever I end up, I will be happy and well off because I have a wonderful foundation in my town, in my family, in my friends, and in this church. Please join me in the offertory prayer. 
Holy Lord and Savior, please guide us through our tendencies to hide behind our outer shells. Help us to share the gifts you have given us so that we might become whole mortals for a better community of tomorrow. Let us start by sharing our talents and treasures. Amen. particularly from some of the scouts who come from sometimes a different Christian tradition. In some churches, this would be called an altar. And an altar is a place where animals were slain. Um, We will not plan to do that today. (laughs) It's a good symbol. In the Christian church, it would symbolize that Jesus Christ is the Lamb of God, slain for the sins of the world. And sometimes that's depicted with an image of Jesus on the cross. Here you see that there's a cross but no image on it. The empty cross is a sign of the resurrected Christ, who is no longer on the cross. So in our church, we recall the Lord's Supper on that Holy Thursday where the disciples gathered in an upper room and together ate dinner and sat around a table. This is called the Lord's Table. In the first century, sometimes the church as it grew, there was no space for the congregation to meet in a house, and they hadn't built churches yet, so they rented courtrooms as public buildings. And so the courtroom had two desks, one for the prosecution, one for the defense, and then a table on which was placed the evidence. The evidence was the Bible, or the scrolls at the time. We've retained that tradition. There is this desk, a lectern, and this one, a pulpit, from which the defense of the gospel is commonly preached. And then the table on which is often the evidence, but today, 
It are these symbols of bread and wine. It always seems to me that a table is a good symbol because it's like a family gathered around the table to worship together and eat dinner. It surprised me that uh, Leonardo da Vinci should depict that painting of the Last Supper where everybody is on the same side of the table as if someone said, let's all get on this side of the table for the picture. <laughs> but commonly they would have sat around the table like we do. This is the Lord's table. And our Lord invites all of those who put their trust in Him to receive the spiritual food that is offered here. Please join me in our great prayer. It is truly right and our greatest joy to give you thanks and praise, O Lord our God, creator and ruler of the universe. We praise you for saints and martyrs, for the faithful in every age who have followed your Son and witnessed to his resurrection. And on this Transfiguration Sunday, we give you thanks that our Lord and Savior was cognizant of those who were following him, trying to build booths and stay in that moment but also recognizing, as Jesus taught them, that a mountaintop experience is not one for which you can find permanence. One must take it with one. And so we thank you, Lord God, for giving us that wisdom and allowing us to carry with us you. You've shown us the path of life and filled us with the joy of your presence. How glorious is your heavenly realm where the multitude of your saints rejoice with Christ. Therefore, we praise you, joining our voices with angels and archangels, with prophets, apostles, and martyrs, and with all the faithful of every time and place who forever sing to the glory of your name. You are holy, O God of majesty, and blessed is Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. He took upon himself the weight of our sin and carried the burden of our guilt. He shared our life in every way, and though tempted, was sinless to the end. Baptized as your own, he went willingly to his death, and by your power, was raised to new life. He is a, our example of servant leadership. In his dying and rising, you give birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and spirit. So remembering all your mighty and merciful acts, God, we take this bread and this wine from the gifts that you have given us and celebrate with joy the redemption won for us in Jesus Christ. Accept this, our sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving, as a living and holy offering of ourselves, that our lives might proclaim the one crucified and risen.
In the same way, after the supper, our Lord and Savior took a cup. And after having given thanks for it, he said, This is the cup of the new covenant, sealed in my blood, shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. So that every time we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, we do proclaim our Lord's saving death until he comes again. These are the gifts of God for the whole people of God.
we have a number of prayer requests from this day. We give thanks and praise for the lovely flowers that Bo and Pat Keller have placed for us in the chancel in memory of Bob Greasy, a beloved family member and reverend. We also give thanks and praise for the ways that a congregation comes together to heal one another. And so we're thankful that both Ken Garman and Ken Anderson are doing much better, both Ken Garman at Fairport Baptist Home and Ken Anderson at home receiving so much help from so many. We're also thankful that Joan Brown is in a place that she can receive good care, and so we are in prayer for her as she suffers with shingles right now, and we're hoping that she'll be back and worshiping with us soon. We do pray for all of our scouts, for the wonderful patrol leaders who gave great witnesses this morning, and for all the scouts who are endeavoring to climb as high as God would bring them. We also are thankful that God works with families. And so, Deborah Fernays, we are in prayer for your family. And we ask that Mary Williams and her daughter Stella might have all the support that they need as Mary gets over this broken bone. And we also ask that God would watch over all loved ones that have passed away, but if still on earth, would be celebrating their birthdays this week. We're also in prayer for families that lost loved ones this past week. And so we are in prayer for the family of a former member here whose memorial service was held this weekend, Barbara Lenhart. And we are in prayer for the family of Peter Dublin, whose memorial service was also here this weekend. And we're praying for Brenna Swetman as she starts classes in Cape Town, South Africa, praying for her safety and a memorable opportunity to see God even on that continent. Please join me in the prayer of thanksgiving. For the good world, for your gifts seen and unseen, for the small everyday joys, we thank you, God. For friendship and fellowship, for family, for mentors who help us to grow, we thank you, God. For the chance to help others, for the opportunity to learn and enjoy life, for the strength to persevere, and for the ever-continuing ability to go out and serve those through mission. We thank you, God. Amen. And now, please pray with me the words that our Lord taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen.
so as you go forth from this place, be you youth or stout, or as each one of us are, a child of God, may you go with the confidence that you are continuously being fed, that you are continuously being called and equipped, and that this world needs to know of God's mercy in every form from each one of us. And now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be and abide with each and every one of us this day and forevermore.
Thank you.